Welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Each week, we hear real-time stories from athletes and CEOs on how to maximize performance through an endurance mindset. Let's get started. Well, welcome to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. Today's guest is a successful entrepreneur, experienced public relations executive, a speaker and strategist. She is the president of Endurance Sports Wire, which is a must read in our industry. Please welcome Tina Wilmot. Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so flattered you wanted me to be a guest. It's, it's my honor. We love talking about endurance and especially the endurance mindset. So my question for you, Tina, is tell me how your endurance mindset has impacted your life unexpectedly. Well, you know, Greg, I love your question because I love the word unexpectedly. Um, because I have to say, I think the biggest things that have happened in my life, and I'm sure there's many more to come, have all happened when I least expected them, or they were not at all what I expected them to be. And so when I look at those things, I think, gosh, how did that happen? You know, we all have this endurance. And I think of that as working really hard and pushing yourself in these areas. But in my case, I think it happened because I stepped outside my comfort zone, which is a very scary place to be. And I, I really think that has a lot to do with endurance. And I can give you a couple examples. Please. So personally, uh, when I turned 40, you know, I kind of looked at my life like, oh, I would meet the boy, get married, have kids, live happily ever after. Well, I turned 40 and I found myself in a situation where I was not in a relationship at the time, but I desperately wanted to be a mother. So totally not what I ever thought I would do, but I took the leap and decided to become a mother on my own. And so I adopted my stud on my own. One year later, I was holding my baby boy in my arms. And I thought, okay, this is new. And then it's going to require a lot of work. And I wasn't in a, a fortunate situation in that I knew it was coming. So unlike people that maybe become a single parent unexpectedly, um, you know, I was able to think, oh, you know, how do I want his life to be? How am I going to handle, you know, uh, child care? You know, who are his role models going to be? Um, and it really pushed me into these areas I never thought I would face. And, and, you know, I ended up, I feel like I won the lottery. He's the most amazing kid ever. And uh, it was something I never expected in life. Um, but it's been one of my, it's been my biggest reward by far. So, and kind of along with that, um, I then evaluated my career. So my dad had worked at his job for over 18 years. My mom worked for my high school for over 25 years. And I was one of those people that thought, you know, I want financial security. I will happily work at the same company for 20 years. No one really does that nowadays, but I was fine with that. And um, I had such a huge respect for entrepreneurs because I thought, wow, I can't believe somebody can believe in something so much that they're willing to give up all security financially and emotionally to just go after something that they're really passionate about. And I never thought I could do that. But when you held and you want to create a lifestyle where you can be flexible and you know, volunteer in their classroom or, or lead the jogathon. I'm a big runner. Um, you know, you realize that you can step outside your comfort zone again and just fly and really try it. And so that's what I did. And I think the other thing is 
you know, for entrepreneurs, we all have great ideas and, you know, there's so many ideas out there, but you really have to narrow down and you really have to have one that you believe in. And when I started my business, I, I really believed that we needed this service that we have. And so I was willing to kind of take that risk and go for it. And now I've had my company for over 12 years. So it paid off. That's awesome. Um, let's dive into that a little bit deeper, the, that connection yeah. between endurance, running, whatever your sport is, and entrepreneurship. Can you give us some similarities or some differences or things that you discovered as you went out on your own and started this business and started getting traction and it started to grow? Can you relate that to endurance in any way? Yeah. So I'm a runner. Um, I don't hold any world records. I'm not an ultra marathon or anything like that. But, you know, I think in fourth grade, our, my teacher said, you know, your daughter is beating all the boys. And so I just always, I've been a lifelong. So um, I ran in high school. I, I skipped running in college, although there is an opportunity to do that. I run the La Jolla Half Marathon. I'm here in San Diego. I've done it 18 times. I'm waiting to get 20 soon. Um, and, you know, I just have that kind of uh, don't quit attitude. I just really love the challenge of being able to accomplish something. And it doesn't have to be the fastest, you know, but, you know, as you know, uh, an Ironman race is whoever does it the slowest, whoever does it the fastest, they're still going the same distance. So I think um, for me, endurance is really just not giving up. And, you know, I think for a lot of people that maybe want to be entrepreneurs or start their own business, it's, it's easy to give up, you know, and, and I try not to do that. And there's lots of times, you know, sometimes I look at my business and I go, gosh, if I knew then what I know now, <laughs> I have started this company. <laughs> so what was the first moment in that on your entrepreneurial journey that you, you found yourself wanting to give up and you didn't? And you push through. Do you remember like back in the early days? You know, I think there, I had a lot of fears when I first started my own business. So I had this motto actually that I gave myself that was turn fear into fearlessness. So when I was first starting out, you know, I wanted to meet all these companies. I wanted them to use our service. And just for background for your listeners, Endurance Sportswire is a press release distribution service for companies in the running, cycling, and triathlon industry. And as of outdoor sportswire for outdoor um, sports as well. And so companies in the space use our service to get their news out to all the most re important reporters and people who matter in our industry. So like Ironman and USA Triathlon, USA Cycling, they all want to use our service to get their news out to the most pertinent audience. Um, and so I had to, I was begging and pleading, you know, companies like, hey, will you try out our service? I'll let you use it for free. And, you know, and it was so hard to kind of reach out to these companies that I didn't know them. And every time I would get nervous about reaching out to somebody and think, oh, I'll go ahead and email them. I said, don't email them, just call them right now. And I would force myself to get on the phone and, and you quickly realize how nice people are in the endurance sports community from business as well as just athletes as well. And so that really helped push me through and get some of the confidence that I needed. I think another way that I was able to kind of get more confidence is I actually have a huge fear of speaking. And so I do. And, uh, I think I did three different speaking opportunities that first year. I spoke at 
a breakout session for the Running USA conference that I had never been to at the time. Um, I spoke for a user conference for an online registration provider. And then um, after that, USA Cycling asked me to speak at one of their race director conferences on a session on public relations. And, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm so scared, but really pushing myself again out of the comfort zone. That's what you do um, really helps to make you stronger and get you to kind of those magic places. I know the fear. I feel it as well <laughs> all the time. Um, for your public speaking, did you have you gone through training or any sort of like practice? Talk to us I about your, your public service, your public speaking journey. Yeah, I have not gone through public speaking practice, but I'm fortunate in that my background before I started my business was public relations. So I've actually taught media training for probably well over 100 people. So where you're just preparing them for interviews and, you know, practicing questions. And I think that preparation is really what helps in terms of public speaking, just anticipating questions, knowing your content really well and, and practicing a lot. Certainly. Um, so digging a little bit deeper into the endurance industry, what have you discovered? What was unexpected about that industry other than that people are nice? as you got deeper and deeper into, into this industry, give us some, give us some gossip. <laughs> People send me gossip sometimes. <laughs> um, I think I realized that, you know, companies that you maybe kind of hold in awe are just like any other company. Um, you know, they have the same problems. They're trying to come up with news as well. Um, they're just as easy or as difficult to work with as, as anybody else. There's not, you know, like I said, I, I had a little bit of fear when I was first starting to work in the industry about approaching companies. But once you actually start talking to them, they start asking you questions. You know, they want to know the best way to get news out. They want to know maybe uh, what the best days are to put news out and, and realize that you don't need to be as intimidated um, as you think you would be. Certainly. Um, but in terms of uh, some of the behind the scene things, you know, I don't really have a lot of gossip, but uh, kind of along those same lines. One thing that's interesting is we do get a lot of reporters that read our news report to find out news that would be happening in the industry. And even more importantly, they want their news in there, too. We have a little section called Editor's Picks where we include news that we see in other media outlets. And you'd actually be surprised how many of them approach us to say, hey, will you include our news in that section? Or how come my news wasn't chosen in this article from this other you know, competitor was chosen instead? And it's always kind of interesting to kind of see it from that side. Absolutely. Um, Tina, you've mentioned fear a handful of times. Yeah. I, how do you handle fear? Or what is it? Give us some insights of of when you recognize it and then how you push through how you handle those situations? Well, I think recognizing that everybody's fearful, it's not just me. You know, the more that you talk to other colleagues or mentors, you realize that you're not the only one. And I think just doing it despite the fear. So I mentioned, you know, whenever I would get that nervous feeling, and I think you just got to sit and sit with it for a little bit and just get used to it. 
And one of the things I tell myself too is when I want to take a risk or maybe do something new with my business or, you know, bring on a new product, I think, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you know, it might fail, but that's okay. So just get used to kind of sitting with that and understand that, you know, failure is actually part of the process and it's part of the journey to get where you want to go. Just like stepping outside your comfort zone. You know, that's all about kind of facing your fears. And they would say, you know, the best things happen when you step outside your comfort zone. A hundred percent. Do you apply that same mentality to your running? Well, I should probably listen to my body more. So that, 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 um, and I'm actually coming off an injury right now. So, and I'm probably pushing myself more than I should, um, just because, you know, as endurance athletes, that's just what we do. We kind of like to step outside where we should. Um, so I don't get a lot of fear anymore. You know, when I was younger and I was in track, there's always that fear or that feeling you get right before a race. Um, but it kind of helps drive you, you know, nowadays I don't really have so much fear as more just being grateful that I can still run these events and, and do these athletic endeavors. Um, so, and I think as I find as I get older, I actually do better in my age groups. <laughs> I made me cheat now. So uh, my times are faster, but uh, that's one of the benefits of getting older, I guess. Yeah, I had a, a large milestone birthday this past July and then did Ironman Wisconsin a few weeks Congrats. later. And I was like, oh, I got a new a new bucket of people. I know you're like, events. let's see how I do on this one, huh? And I, I think it's because they keep falling off. The group gets smaller and smaller. And eventually, it. Yeah, I was feeling really good about that. Thanks a lot, Greg. <laughs> you're right. You're right. The, the competitors are, are fewer between now. So Tina, talk to us about, tell us about yourself, like childhood, what you've, tell, give us a little bit more insights of who you are. Yeah, sure. You know, I don't think I could have done some of these things um, without my background. So, um, I have, uh, I come from a family of four. I have a sister who's four years younger than me and she's amazing too. She's actually started a few of her own businesses and now does fundraising for a university. But, um, I was a Navy brat. My parents were super young. Uh, my mom got married. She was 19 and had me when she was 20 and my dad was only a year older. So they were just, you know, kids raising kids and really didn't know probably what they were doing. Uh, I was the first college graduate. So uh, my childhood was great, but I, my dad moved around a lot. So after kind of the Navy stint, he was in sales jobs. So at one point in middle school, I went to three different middle schools. So, and as anyone can imagine, most kids look back at middle school and it's probably not their favorite to their life. Well, you can imagine I had to go to three. And, you know, most people also have that feeling of going to lunch and wondering, where am I going to sit? Who am I going to sit with? And I definitely experienced that a number of times. Um, and that really helped to develop me as a person and really get strong and learn how to network, you know, or learn how to kind of put yourself out there. Again, going outside your comfort zone and meeting people. And whereas some kids would maybe just say, let me just get through junior high and high school, I kind of embraced high school. 
And if there was a club, I ran for it. You know, I was going to head up that club. And student council, give me an office. I ran for it. I was happy to, you know, take these leadership roles. I was the captain of the track team. You know, pretty much if it was there, I wanted to do it. And I was very fortunate that I developed a really strong group of friends. And I'm still friends with to this day, actually. Um, I feel like that experience helped really teach me independence and also um, how to meet people and how to network and not be afraid to kind of step out. And as a result of that, I, I really fortunate that I developed a love for travel as well and actually doing some travel trips on my own. So I did the backpacking through Europe thing where the Eurorails and the youth hostels way back when, you know, I've had an opportunity to do some adventures in, in Thailand, but probably one of the most um, uh, favorite trips of mine that really impacted me is uh, years ago, I had read that book Into Thin Air about the um, disaster on Mount Everest. And for some reason, I, I just had this really strong desire to see Mount Everest in real life. You know, I wanted to see it in person. And I don't want to climb it, um, but I wanted to see it. So I took a leave from my job and I flew to Nepal on my own. And I said, I'm going to go see Mount Everest. And, you know, there was a little planning that went along with that, of course. And I, I hooked up with a group and I spent... Um, a few weeks and we traveled up to Mount Everest and I, we went to this beautiful Kalapatar, I think is how you say it. It's a beautiful view. It's actually kind of above base camp off to the side and we're at 18.2 just, and I got to see, you know, exactly what I wanted to see. And what was so interesting about that trip as well as an endurance athlete, you know, we look at distance, you know, when you're traveling in the Himalayas, you don't look at distance. You know, I kept saying, how far are we going today? And they go, we don't look at how far, we look at how high. So everything's by altitude. And also as an endurance athlete, you know, I always want to go fast. And I was with people who were in their 70s doing this. And they go, Tina, slow it down. We have all day to get to our next stop. You know, just take it in and learn to walk slowly and just enjoy the journey. And those were really interesting lessons for me, for sure. Great, great lessons. Um, so talk to us more about Endurance Sportswire. Like, who's your typical client? If an audience member wants to get engaged with that, give us a little bit more background of, of what your business does. Yeah, so um, we have small race organizations and companies that make products or apparel in our industry to, you know, major industry organizations in the endurance sports industry. And basically anybody who has news that they want to share um, with the reporters in our industry and also the people within our industry, we're the place to go. So people can just easily come and distribute one press release or unlimited press releases or post a job with us. And they just upload it to our website. Um, we make sure it gets on all our social media channels and it goes out through our popular news report, which you mentioned that you read. And it goes out, we actually have about 10 newsletters that go out every week now. So we have Endurance Sports Wire that goes out five days a week. Um, we have an outdoor sports wire. So think uh, sports that you would do in REI. <laughs> so hiking, kayaking, camping, rock climbing, that sort of thing. 
um, that goes out a couple days a week. We have a camping newsletter now, um, and we have Sportswire Women as well, as well as a job newsletter. So um, people upload their press releases, we can amount in the appropriate newsletter, and it really reaches these hard-to-reach audiences that most people don't have on their own. So when you started the business, was your vision to be where you are today with 10 different newswires? No. <laughs> Again, I just kind of progressed. And, you know, I started the business because I was working for a large company in the endurance sports space at the time. And I was getting these product managers saying, hey, we want to put out a press release. We want to put out a press release. And I thought, no, how newsworthy that is. I don't know how many people are going to pick that up. And I also know it's too expensive to put out over some of the traditional press release distribution services like PR Newswire, Business Wire. And I thought, you know, we really need a way to share our news with people in our industry. And so that's kind of where the idea came about. And I just felt really strongly that it was a service that we needed. And so I decided to start it myself. And, you know, eventually, you know, like I mentioned, I kind of had to beg and plead companies to kind of put their press releases out. And then more and more people started reading it. And, you know, I think the natural step was, hey, this is really interesting. How do I get my news in here, too? And so then more and more people started using it. Fantastic. Um, any predictions of the endurance industry in itself in the next five, 10 years? Where do you think it's going? Well, I hope it's going to grow. You know, it's it's funny. <laughs> I remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago, do you remember how huge triathlon was? It really was so strong. Lance Armstrong was doing going to be a spokesperson for Ironman at the time. Um, it was it was just really on fire and then things just kind of started going down and then of course we had a pandemic, so all races we're gone for quite a while. I'm seeing that it's starting to pick up again, but um, and some people are some people are gone, so there's not as many events as there used to be. But we're slowly ticking back up, and and I hope that we're going to see people embracing, you know, running and triathlon like they were ten years ago. It might take a new trend. You know, I remember back then, do you remember when obstacle course racing was just starting and mud runs and any kind of run, obstacle course runs or neon light runs, whatever it was. <laughs> Those were kind of the things. And and I'm not sure what our next thing is. It's going to get people kind of embracing endurance again. But I think it's going to be something like that that happens um, that's going to kind of draw in a you know interest in the sport more. So Tina, let's assume we've got an audience member who's itching to be an entrepreneur and itching to be in the endurance industry. What advice would you give her? Well, for me, when I was first starting out, one of the best things I ever did was join a mastermind because I didn't have any business experience. So in my case, I joined NABU, which, stood, which stands for the National Association of Women Business Owners, but there's all kinds of organizations like that in the country. And they put us in pods with other people who maybe had 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 started their business within the same year or two of each other. And it was great because we had a group of us who could share what we were going through, some of the challenges that we faced. Um, you know, we were able to hold each other accountable and share our goals. 
you know, since then, I have some other mastermind groups I'm part of. I actually have two. And it, it's amazing. We've actually grown our businesses together. You know, when I started off, we'd only distributed a few press releases. And now we've distributed over 35,000 press releases to companies in the space. And I'm with other people who have grown their businesses now. So the conversations we have are different. You know, in the beginning, it was like, what do you do about bookkeeping? <laughs> you know, now we're talking about investment bankers that might acquire or work with you to have your business acquired. So that was huge for me in terms of helping me to grow and develop my business. And what's interesting about that is they're not in endurance sports. So it's kind of nice because you don't always want to share your numbers or maybe your lack of knowledge with somebody in your industry. So it's sometimes nice having somebody outside the industry to get good insights on because we're so close to it, you know. That's proven really valuable. And also don't give up your day job. So I started endurance sportswear on the side and I actually was doing PR to pay the bills in the beginning until I felt comfortable kind of making that leap to endurance sportswear full time. Those are two excellent pieces of advice. In fact, I'm very involved with the entrepreneurs organization and we've got a forum that I participate in once a month and it's very similar to your mastermind group. And you know, again, we're not in the same industry, but it's amazing how specific and relevant our issues are across companies, regardless of, of background and history. Um, well, and you know as well, you become friends with those people over time, which in your organization, I know that happens quite a bit. So because you travel together, you even have trips together, which I've done with people in my organization as well. So switching gears slightly, Tina, um, any industry trends that we should be aware of? You know, I think the biggest trend, it's not just specific to endurance sports, although it's very, very pertinent to endurance sports. It's really how companies in our space are utilizing technology. And more specifically, I'm talking about AI, artificial intelligence. You know, if you're an organization in this space, if you haven't already, you should be using AI in your business. And that could be anywhere from creating content, whether it's for your website, for your drip campaigns, emails, ads, to we're seeing press releases come across our service from training companies that are using AI to help develop plans um, for their athletes um, in really interesting ways. Uh, we actually use AI in our business. I've used it, I use it to help create the newsletter. Uh, We've used it to come up with ideas for surveys in our newsletter. I mean, personally, we've used it to come up with team names for group races. Um, but we actually created a tool recently. It's an AI press release generator that's free for anybody to use. It. You can find it right on our homepage at endurancesportswire.com. And you go through just a few simple questions. Um, and it will actually create a really well-written formatted press release with quotes in it for you to use. And it's free to anybody. So I highly recommend it for people who want some extra help in writing press releases. And what's so great about AI is I've gotten questions in the past, like, well, I don't want it to replace my employees, you know, for some organizations. And it's not, I, it's not doing that at all. You know, if anything, it's going to help you be more efficient so that you can focus on the things that are more important in your business. And maybe explore other new opportunities to grow your business or have new ideas for your business that you wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity to do. So I'm 
as you can tell, I'm super bullish I'm on AI and I highly recommend integrating it into your organization in some capacity. It's a, an extremely powerful tool. I'm curious, you know, um, on the development side, when did you come up with this idea of developing a press release writing tool based on AI? You know, I... When I first started Endurance Sportswire, I was getting companies that said, hey, I want to use your service, but I don't have time to write press releases. And so I said, great, problem solved. I went and got some writers and I offered it as an opportunity and, and people didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> I thought, okay, well, I tried it, uh, but it really wasn't exactly what people wanted. And then when AI started to pick up steam, you know, I saw that there were organizations that had maybe press release writing as a component of all kinds of templates that they have. Um, and I thought, you know what? I really would like to have something very specific to public relations as kind of just an add-on feature. And I thought, hey, you know, if I were to offer this for free and give it to people, maybe they'll discover an opportunity to now want to distribute their press release. And so it's kind of a nice lead-in to offer um, our service to people as well. So... It's a brilliant idea. What's top of the list? You know, right now, well, there's a big list, but right now I'm really exploring uh, marketing research. You know, there's we get calls all the time from reporters saying, how big is our market? You know, how many events are there? And did you know there's not really a single place that could tell you like how many writing events there are in the United States? So I'm interested in some market research, maybe some sponsor research in our industry, things that a lot of our um, organizations, event organizations, that things that they might be interested in that's going to help grow their business. I'll be fascinated in that because you're right. You know, if you're thinking about doing a race in a different state at a different time of year, you get lost on Google. And all of a sudden you're tracking down a race that was three years ago and they're not producing it anymore. And so having all that in one location would be fantastic for me. Yeah, or just even data to understand what our industry is about. You know, you're asking me about trends. I don't, it's it's hard to even know what the trends are when we don't have a big grasp on the size of our industry and what mm. it's doing. Yeah, and I even take that one step further in my racing. You know, to finish a race, you look at your time and you're either happy or sad, but then you got to realize that the weather was taking part? How did you mm -hmm. do against your competitors? Where were you in your age group? And all that data is out there. And I'd love for someone to come to me and say, hey, Greg, I did an analysis of your rates. And given the weather conditions, given the people around you, given this, you actually did better than you think you did. Uh, See, there's a whole nother business idea. There I is. have to add it to the list. <laughs> well, I'll partner with you on that because I'm passionate about that kind of data. I Tina, think that sounds great. Outside of your business and your running, any other hobbies you want to tell us about? Anything Gosh, you know, I think my hobby is my son. So um, he's a super, he's very different than me, but he's a super artistic, just kind of outside of the box kid. And, and it's just fascinating kind of watching him grow. He's in middle school now. And I look at him and I think, gosh, you know, when I was your age, I just wanted to fit in this little box and just be like everybody else because I wanted to make friends. And he's so far outside the box and has so much confidence and I can just ride on his self-confidence, you know? So his, uh, my adventures are smaller than they used to be. 
because I have a son, but just as rewarding and exciting. So, you know, really travel. I love to travel. So trying to get him into some of these exciting travel adventures that I used to do would be really great. That sounds really fun. Um, just rewinding a little bit, talk us about talk to us about that adoption process and the fears going into it. You know, were you hesitant? You know, give us that. Like if somebody's thinking about taking that journey, and it's a big step. Children is a huge responsibility, right? It is. Talk talk to us about that, like the your process. Yeah. Well, a lot of women have, you know, since I've adopted, have said, oh, it's something I want to do. It's something I want to do. But you, it's a lot of talk, but to do it, you really got to do it and got to be ready. You have to be ready for it because it, it is life changing, of course, you know, parenthood, parenthood life changing. Um, I was always open to adoption. Um, I worked with an adoption agency, in this case, that worked with kids who are in foster care. So I, I thought I would probably get an older child, but every once in a while they get some last minute opportunities that come their way. And that's what happened in, in my situation. So it was very unique in that I didn't even know about him until probably about six weeks before he was born. So, but the process happened so fast. It was basically one year from the moment I walked into the adoption office to holding him in my arms. Wow. And so, you know, it, it's, a, it's exciting. Um, wow. It's scary. <laughs> and, you know, but you just have to make that leap. And, and like I said, you know, there, there are a lot of people that end up being single parents. Um, it was not what they expected. In my case, I knew what to expect. So I was able to make a lot of plans and decide kind of like, OK, how, how do I want my life as a single parent and how is this going to work? And I'm very lucky that I have a very supportive family. So, you know, mom moved in for the first three weeks to help with night feedings and, and everything that goes with that. But, you know, at the end of the day, people say, wow, it must be so hard for you, you know, starting that as a single parent. But the thing is, I didn't know anything differently. Um, so it was all relative to me. You know, I look at friends that have three or four children and I bow down to them and say, how do you do it? <laughs> you know? So I think everybody's situation is different and you just have to embrace it. And it's been so rewarding for me, of course. Which brings us back to the endurance mindset, right? It's very similar, at least I'm finding, being a parent, oh, yeah. running a business and also doing an endurance sport. Like if you're kind of using the same tools over and over again. Yeah. And I think you have to give yourself a lot of grace, you know, in sports and parenthood, you know, yeah. You may not win that race, whether it's an endurance athletic, you know, an endurance event or that parenthood for the day, but you give yourself grace and, you know, just keep at it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we had our first child, it's like, how am I going to handle this? And then you look at somebody who's got two children and then you have your second and then you go, well, three is way too many in this system. There's always yeah. something like, and then the families that are hockey families compared to us that are a swimming family, like, I don't know how they do hockey, but we can do swimming. Anyway. Oh yeah. It's it's crazy. See, you're the ones that you're one of the people I bow down to. You know, my my kid's not really into as many sports. And so I think, oh my gosh, thank goodness in some sense, because that's a lot of car that's a lot of driving right. <laughs> alone and a lot of places to go. Yeah. My advice to you would be to focus on middle school and <laughs> get through middle school as best you can. I've got one We're that's a freshman now. There. Got one that's a freshman in high school and another one that's just about to go into middle school. So we've 
we're holding our breath and crossing our fingers. Yeah, I, I think we've got through the worst of it. He's finishing up, you know, we're in eighth grade right now. So we're going to start looking at high school soon. So Tina, an audience member cares to get in touch with you. What's the, what's your social media platform of choice? Um, I think it's best to reach out to me on LinkedIn. So I'm fairly active there and you can find me at Tina Wilmot or just search endurance sportswire. That's the best way. Um, but we have, uh, company sites, uh, I think it's endurance wire on Twitter, um, endurance sportswire and Instagram, any of those places, but, um, uh, LinkedIn is the best way. Fantastic. And we'll include those links in our show notes for sure. Uh, Tina, I love this conversation and I could go on and on. I especially enjoyed making that connection between your entrepreneurial journey, your adoption journey, and your endurance journey. Like there's a lot of good lessons there for our audience members to dig their teeth into. I do ask my audience, if, if you got some value out of today, please share this with your community, share this with your friends and family, like us on all those social media platforms. Uh, let's get Tina's message out there, explore her websites. And if you need to get your news out, you now know where to go. Tina, it's been awesome having you on the show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Chief Endurance Officer Podcast. To hear more inspiring stories and strategies around the endurance mindset, be sure to subscribe below or visit us at chiefenduranceofficer.com. Until next time, keep pushing those limits.